Welcome into the Lockdown Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, and tonight the New York Knicks triumph 113 to 89 over the Atlanta Hawks in a game that somehow didn't feel that close. Julius Randle went off. Cam Reddish and Derek Rose are out of the rotation, and Obi Toppin may be hurt. We'll get into all that and more right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive. 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. How's it going, guys? I am Gavin Shaw, your favorite play by play broadcaster's favorite play by play broadcaster. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. We're now available on all platforms that includes, and you notice if you're seeing my smiling face on YouTube. So certainly go check us out there. And there are plenty of reasons to smile, there are also plenty of reasons to be upset. A 113-89 victory for the New York Knicks over the Atlanta Hawks. But uh, I think talking about the game first might be burying the lead. And that is uh, the fact that Cam Reddish and Derrick Rose are now out of the rotation. And Emmanuel quickly um, is being shopped along with Cam Reddish and potentially Derrick Rose. And of course, Evan Fournier, um, according to a report from the Athletics uh, Fred Katz, that has been backed up by others, such as Ian Begley. Uh, so that leaves us in an interesting place. And I don't want to, I don't want to go too deep on this because we are going to have a guest on tomorrow uh, to talk about this uh, in and of itself because I, I feel like it's worthy of a full episode. But let, let's start off with the plight of Cam Reddish, who I think by and large is having an excellent season. And now Cam has been a weird player throughout a lot of his NBA career in that he comes in. Obviously, super duper hyped, right? The number three recruit in that class behind only Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett, uh, the third headed monster of that Duke trio. Some people, uh, when he was coming out of high school, thought he might end up being the best of those three. Um, and then he was the player Atlanta took with the pick that they got in the Luka Doncic Trey Young swap. So he will forever go down in the conversation of someone who's probably going to be a top 10 player all time uh, being traded for someone. And I know Knicks fans will want to hear this, especially after tonight, uh, someone who has a pretty decent chance of one day being in the hall of fame in Trey Young. And then cam proceeds to fluctuate by and large between someone who looks like a, a future star in certain moments had, had that great playoff game in the Eastern conference finals for the Hawks. Um, but usually looked really bad, like really, really bad for long stretches. Um, and that continued into his next tenure where last year he couldn't make a shot to save his life. Um, and then when he finally started hitting shots, he almost immediately got hurt. I, I think it was the Clippers game and, and then was out for the rest of the season. And then this year as that disastrous preseason, um, Alex and I are, are kind of coming on here and, and, and giving uh, kind of giving up a little bit um, and, and saying, you know what, uh, maybe everyone else was right about it because for, for all the good I think he could do and all, all the potential um, with his length, with his defensive instincts, 
um, with, with the shot making that he flashes in spurts. If you don't make shots, you don't really get to play in the NBA. And then something kind of magical happened at the start of the season, right? That game against Memphis that is still probably, uh, given, given the stakes, given the opponent, given the situation, his best performance of the year, one of the three or four best games of his entire career. And he looked like someone who had a much better sense of who he was supposed to be in the NBA. And despite scoring uh, 22 points, if Bebry serves that game, um, he didn't, he wasn't trying to be the star. It was largely attacking closeouts and it was hitting a, a, a three pointer that was wide open uh, because of a well-designed set play instead of trying to self-create something. And he essentially continued that ethos uh, throughout the entirety of this season where he played within himself, was very good cutting off the basketball, shot jumpers only in the context of, or, or largely in the context of catch and shoot situations, um, was as good or better um, before Quentin Grimes came back at, at attacking closeouts. I mean, particularly from the corners um, as anyone on this team. I would say he was the best on this team at that particular category. Um, and then defensively had some genuinely brilliant moments uh, where his length and instincts and timing provided a much needed jolt to an otherwise stagnant and yeah, just largely like dormant Knicks defense and, and, and provided transition opportunities that a, a, a team that, couldn't really figure it out in the half court until Jalen Brunson really, really got going about 10 games in desperately needed. He was a key cog on this team. There, there were moments this year where I would, I was coming out and saying behind Brunson that he's probably the next best player. And I'll, I'll stand by that. Um, he has two really bad games back to back. And it, it just, it feels like what we've always gotten out of Tom Thibodeau, where it's, it's a sense of, of confirmation bias. And he's saying, look, look, I was never in on this guy. And, and he, was, he was just kind of waiting for an excuse um, to bench Cam. You zoom out a little bit more. I don't, know if, I don't know if it's the end of the world. The price they paid for him, yes, it was a first-round pick, but it was, it was the 19th pick in the draft. Phoenix got a, a 2025 Brooklyn pick as well back in that deal. Presumably, they will get an early second or a couple seconds for Cam or maybe, maybe a long-shot prospect um, to develop in the G League. Do I think that's fair value for um, a wing that I think rightfully this offseason like could be a 12 to 14 to maybe more than that million dollar player? No, I would I'd rather have Cam Reddish on this team because I, I think there's a world where he can help you. And I, I mean, I think to some extent he's he is a victim of RJ Barrett's contract because if, look, if those two were making equal money with equal expectations coming into the year. I think Cam Reddish has been the better player so far this year. And granted, um, this is probably an aspect I should have discussed when we had this conversation on Sunday night. There's certainly a case to be made that what RJ does just in terms of the attention he draws is not something that can be replicated by Cam Reddish because despite his reputation coming into the NBA, uh, Cam is, is, is still at this point, one of the, at least in his next tenure, I can't really comment on his Hawks tenure, but in his next tenure, one of the worst isolation wings in the NBA, right? Just really cannot create, like does not, does not have the, I don't even know if it's the handle because sometimes his handle looks really good, but it's, it, it's a combination of decision-making and confidence where 
off closeouts once he already has that step or, or just in a scramble situation, he is, he is fantastic and he is decisive. Um, when he's tried to create out of isolation this year, a lot of times he ends up just dribbling the ball off his foot. RJ for all his faults this season. I mean, he has confidence in those situations and he draws a ton of attention. And this is something uh, we'll talk about. Uh, I'll spoil it. It's, it's going to be Prez on tomorrow with Prez, but RJ, like he, he, he just doesn't make the pass to take advantage of that attention that he draws. So Maybe it's a moot point, but there is that potential there. And in an offense with with limited players who can draw that kind of attention, I I, I understand why RJ and and to a lesser extent Julius Randle, who is having a really good offensive season overall, get chance after chance after chance on this team. Um, but Bon Voyage to Cam Reddish, um, hopefully not Bon Voyage to Emmanuel quickly. That's that's a conversation for another day. Um, Evan Fournier, Derek Rose, I'm, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready for them to go. And, um, tonight, at least the nine man rotation paid major, major dividends for the New York Knicks. And we will talk about that in just a sec, but first I got to tell you all about prize picks. I think when the Knicks play the Hornets on Friday night, I'm taking overs for everyone. Julius Randall over 23 points, RJ Barrett over seven rebounds, Jalen Brunson. I'm sticking with it over five and a half assists. So how does it work exactly? You pick two to six players. And if they go score more or less than their prize, prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport you can watch. This includes NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, football, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and somehow more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. To download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And we also wanted to thank you one final time for making Lockdown Knicks your first listen today. For your second listen, may I recommend Lockdown Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. Lockdown Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So plenty of places to go check it out. All right, the Knicks, uh, 113 to 89 over the Atlanta Hawks. And, and this was... The this was a Julius Randle show 34 points, 17 rebounds, five assists, shot 10 of 19 from the floor, six of 12 from three, eight of eight uh, from the foul line. Uh, in, in a season where he's had a couple of monster offensive performances, and I, I should note he, he did that all in 33 minutes. Uh, pretty good case to be made that this this was the best one, weirdly enough, as as insane as his shooting was, where he once again hit uh, his first three threes, which feels like it's becoming an every other game occurrence for him at this point. And perhaps even more insanely did not score a single point in the second quarter of this game. Got 13 in the first, I think it was 19 in the third, maybe finished with 21 in the third. Um, and then got uh, either two or four in the fourth quarter. Um, his passing uh, somehow impressed me more. He started off the evening with, just a just a dot to Quentin Grimes in the opposite corner. He was double teamed, and 
And earlier in the possession, I, I kind of wrote down in my notes, I was chagrinning him because he didn't even look up and he had Jalen Brunson wide open and he made up for it. And, and it just, that pass to Grimes, like I, I was getting flashbacks of, of Randall to Reggie Bullock from the 20 to 21 season. It felt like a case uh, of a guy who, as we've noted many a time on this podcast, is, is not good at making those, those quick um, improvisational reads. But when he, he can predetermine a read and, he, and he, he has a sense of where the double team is coming from and he can stop and gather, um, he, can, he can throw some cross-court bullets um, and, and help get Grimes off to a good start. But then he, he took it up a level with, with the manipulation. Um, had, a, had a sick double pump in the lane where he looked like he was going to shoot and, and kind of looked like he was going to pass it, like if, I'm, if memory serves, over to the corner for a second, then just slipped it into Mitchell Robinson um, for a dunk. And then had a very similar pass to that in the third quarter where he was in the lane, jumped up as if he was going to pass it um, into the left corner and, and then just redirected a no look to Grimes on the left wing, wide, wide open. I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing you see someone like Luka Doncic do on a nightly basis. Um, and, and again, it was it was part of a night where Grimes finished with a season high 23 points. And uh, it feels feels weird to say, but you got to give. Uh, Julius Randle, a lot of credit for. And then there, there's one other, like, just really small play that, that probably should not stand out when, when you're six foot eight, uh, giant of a power forward is, is going six for 12 from three. But um, he stole the ball, dribbled up the court, and, and, and early season Julius would have uh, probably barreled his way to the basket and, and gotten called for a charge. But instead, or I shouldn't say early season Julius because we, we had Euro Julius, of course, the first four or five games of the year. But uh, middle of the season, Julius uh, would would have done something selfish. Instead, just kind of shuffled it off to RJ Barrett for a wing three. And on a night where Julius was shooting the lights out, like he he earned the right to take a pull up with with RJ staring daggers at him on that possession. But instead, he was unselfish, uh, got the ball to his teammate, and and that's that's how you build goodwill, and that's how you make up for a lot of bad will that has accumulated over the last year and a half on this team. I, I can only assume. So, um, incredible night. For Julius Randle, uh, the, the the only place we could go next is to Quentin Grimes, who was really good in this one. Um, one of his first defensive possessions of the game, uh, Trey Young completely torched him on a crossover, um, and Grimes just flashed like ninety fifth percentile speed to recover and and the ninety ninth percentile hands to strip him. Um, and, and then the, the next element of his night that was really impressive, zero hesitation from the corners. I, I've talked about it. Uh, I think it was probably on Monday's episode. Um, I was the, my, my one concern with Grimes this season was that it felt like he had lost a little bit of confidence in his shot. And he was, he was predetermining his reads on closeouts where he was driving, no matter how close uh, the nearest defender was or, or how aggressively the closeout was coming. And, and a lot of times it worked just because he's he's looked so explosive this year. But sometimes it, it hasn't because defenses know he's attacking the rim. And for a guy who I think down the road is going to be a top 15 to 20 three-point shooter in the NBA, um, it, was, it was a little concerning to see him lose confidence in his shot so easily. But clearly um, having a couple of days off, um, clear his head. Uh, Nick's coaching staff is probably driving it into him like, hey, you have an inch. You got to shoot. You got to shoot. Um, and that's what he did. Shot up with no hesitation. Um, went on to make, miss his next two, but ended up finishing the night pretty well from three-point range, or, or insanely well, I should say. It was five for seven um, from distance, so made his last four from three, including a really big one where 
the Knicks had a four minute scoring drought and he ended up ending his 17 to 0 run for Atlanta. And, and at, after that, the Hawks would, would never really get close again. The Knicks just buried them. And I, I should note, and in one sense, I'm burying the lead here a little bit. Uh, the Hawks coming into this game were without John Collins and DeAndre Hunter. And then DeJounte Murray um, suffered a sprained ankle about four minutes into the game. And it was, it was kind of just uh, lights out for the Atlanta Hawks. At that point, uh, they didn't really have much of a chance, uh, but that was still a big shot from Grimes. And then even before that, made a couple of really heady plays. H- had one where he missed a three. Mitch got the rebound, passed it back to Grimes. Grimes took one dribble and then zipped it right back to Mitch for a dunk. And it's such a simple basketball play, but it's also flashes just like there. There are just not a lot of non-point guards in the NBA who routinely make that pass. And, and usually when you're talking about not point guards who make that pass, you're, you're looking at some of the smarter wings in the NBA. And that's a category. I mean, on both ends of the floor, I'm starting to be willing to put Quentin Grimes in that conversation. Look, like you need a larger sample size. He has to keep proving it. But the dude is just sharp. I mean, you can, as, as we always reference on the podcast, you can tell that he he was a point guard growing up and, and was at one point uh, one of, if not the highest rated one in America at the high school level had a, a almost uh, like the layup layup of the year candidate where he spun around Trey young and then hit a reverse on, I can't remember if it was Clint Capella or Nyeko Okongwu, but anyone who saw it, it was, it was, it was honestly, it was reminiscent of what we see Cam Reddish attempt and occasionally pull off where he, he jumped basically from one block to the other, almost made it ended up shooting two free throws um had some really nice transition defense on Trey Young as well to force a miss at one point I I love the way that even when he's guarding the top player on another team he has just a really innate sense of of when he can gamble and when he can't um like AJ Griffin was wide open um for a top of the key three with Young on the right wing and Grimes just took a step towards Griffin to deter the shot and then recovered back to Young before um, it, it could be shuffled over to him. That was again just just high IQ. Um, and I was I was watching um the MSG broadcast, but there's a quote apparently from Doris Burke on the ESPN broadcast. There's a reason he was untouchable. And and look, I, I don't I don't think that's true. I, I there were a hundred percent um iterations of the trade. Ian Ian Begley has um I, I think it was on the low post has gone on and said as much where Grimes was absolutely um, on the table for Donovan Mitchell as he should be, as he still would be up to this day. But there's a, there's a clear cut reason that we are seeing in real time now, why he was so valued in those trade talks. This is, this is not the kind of young talent that you want to give up on. Um, I would, if you ask me right now, which guy on the current roster will be on the team the longest, I would say Grimes with zero hesitation. I, I think he has a chance if the Knicks are smart and they pay him correctly and they don't eventually try and turn him into an all-star, which is, is, is possible. Um, he's he's going to have a 14 year career in New York, maybe 14 years is ambitious because one out of every 200 players in the NBA play 14 years, but he's going to have an eight to 10 year career in New York. He's, he is that kind of, rock that you build around. And I, I think honestly, the way with how hard he plays, he's someone you build a culture around. He's not a star. I think the odds of him ever like making an all-star team aren't really great, but he is he is absolutely a core piece, uh, despite that. 
right, when we come back, we will touch on the rest of the New York Knicks. Um, but first, I got to tell you about Bet Online because BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. My eyes always go to the NBA future bets and, and particularly NBA championship. Right now, the Celtics, the odds on favorites, plus 325 odds to win the chip. I might take it right now. They look that good. Um, I could never blame you for betting on Giannis and the Bucks, especially with a healthy Brooke Lopez, a healthy Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, still near the peak of his powers. I mean, the talent there is, is certainly nearly as good as Boston's, but the, or, or, or you could argue the frontline talent is better just because Giannis is, is the best player in the world, but the Celtics depth is, is, is unmatched. So I would, I'd consider throwing some money down there. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more, Bet online. It's where the game starts. And with that, we are back on Locked On Knicks. All right, um, let's let's go to Obi Toppin because he he played eight minutes in this one, and then went out with a knee injury. And we had Adrian Wojnarowski come out after and say, according to ESPN sources, uh, which means his sources, Knicks forward Obi Toppin is expected to go on MRI. On his right knee Thursdays, x-rays were negative tonight. He left New York's victory over Atlanta with what the team describes as a sore knee. So the fact that the x-rays are negative is obviously good. The fact that they are looking at an MRI is not so good. And for all that talk that we just had about Cam Reddish, there's a world where he's back in our lives very, very quickly, as, as soon as uh, this Friday, um, if Obi Toppin has to miss any substantial amount of time. And and he will have a new lease on life, despite the reports that came out today that, and wow, I should have, if, if I didn't, I really should have mentioned this is the first segment um, that, that came out a few hours before the game that Cam and his reps have, have are kind of on the same page as the Knicks front office and that they're actively seeking out um, deals for Reddish at this point. I mean, that, that was about as direct as it could be stated, uh, but all that could be moot if Obi Toppin has to miss a substantial amount of time. And look, I want to wait until we till we hear what the injury is before like we start writing like an obituary for the season for Obi, like it could, it could still be a situation where he misses a week and he's, he's totally fine. But if it is something severe, um, I think it will only serve to highlight the, the utter malpractice in how Obi Toppin was utilized this year. I've, I've, I've gone into it in depth before, so I don't want to over belabor the point, but you, you have one of the, I, you have someone who's, who's an elite rim runner in the NBA. It was an elite, an absolutely top tier finisher um and the knicks turned him into a spot-up shooter um he's not that guy and and again if he continues to be used that way I, I hope he i hope they do trade him just just for his sake because that is that is not that guy's basketball destiny um rj barrett uh mixed effort in in this one uh did get to the free throw line seven times hit five of them did get seven rebounds did have 15 points uh, but three turnovers and the shooting is is still just not there. Four for 13, um, two for six from three-point range. Defensively, it still looks really ugly. And I am I, I'm sort of stunned because again, there, there are moments where he's he looks like the guy we saw over the second half of last season. I mean, one of his, his first bucket of this game was was classic RJ. Like he he just bullied Trey Young, spun on him inside. And then hit a gorgeous double pump finish over Clint Capella. But 
that just it feels few and far between. And 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 the the thing I continue to be stunned by with him for, for this guy who was marketed as as a good passer out of Duke in the first 15 or so games of his rookie year, he he threw some dimes. Uh, you can go back and watch. I, I was I was I was it was all I could talk about at the time. There wasn't a lot else to enjoy on on that 2019 uh, Knicks roster, but his lack of court awareness, like he he had Deuce McBride near the end of the first quarter, wide open for about two seconds under the rim, and then just threw the pass way late, um, and it got picked off, and that was that was it for the quarter. Um, and the Knicks could have had two free points um, early in the second quarter, uh, just backing down middle of the floor. No cognizance of where uh, the help side defender was. Got it poked away. Um, did have some good plays again. Had that layup. Uh, made a really nice pass and transition that ended with a Quentin Grimes layup where he he gave it up early. But it's it's just not clicking for him right now. And I'm, I can't say like I I think I, I still think we're at the nadir here. Like I, I think he's going to bounce back in some form or fashion this season. But the longer the inconsistency drags on, I, I feel like his his value degrades, and and my confidence in in what I hoped he could be this year and in future seasons uh, continues to go down. Uh, on a more optimistic note, Deuce McBride, the the beneficiary of uh, this new nine man rotation, got 27 minutes, which was aided by the fact that this game was a blowout. Uh, just one for four from the field, one for two from three. Great that he finally got off the Schneid. Uh, that was just his second three pointer in 17 attempts on the season, um, did have six assists in this game. And, and he is, uh, I mean, we, we got to talk about it when, when we saw him in summer league, but he's a really good passer. Uh, the one that stood out to me was late in the game, had, a, had this driving uh, hook lob to Jericho Sims that, I mean, obviously those two continue to have really good chemistry, getting to play in Westchester together earlier this week and just along with Shreve McHiluk, just, just torching G League competition. Uh, but there, there's a reason um, we were so high on him. I remember it was that Rockets game last year where I think it was 16 points and nine assists. Like, I, I, I just think we are going to continue to see more and more flashes of his playmaking ability. And the, the only thing I hope for him right now is that the game slows down enough that he can be the type of shooter he was on the G League level. And he's, it, it's always going to be different because he goes from being um, – the best player on the court pretty much every time down there to the lowest offensive threat here. And it's it just, it's hard to get into a rhythm. It's hard to play with the same confidence, but I'm hoping him having a long run will give him the chance to adjust because with his passing, with his rebounding, and, and most importantly, of course, his defense got to renew an old big 12 ri rivalry between him and Trey young. When, when Deuce was at West Virginia and Trey was at Oklahoma. Um, he he's, he's an absolutely elite defender and getting to watch, him and Quentin Grimes go to work. And look, granted, it was, I mean, you you could you 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 have to note the opponent. Um, but the Knicks counting the two Cleveland halves had had three straight halves where they allowed their lowest point total in any half this season. Um 43, 38, 41, back to back to back. Uh they're they're clearly a different they're clearly a different defensive team with Deuce in there. I, I don't really see any argument to the contrary. Uh Jalen Brunson, it didn't hurt the Knicks, but he was he was a disaster in this one. Two for 14. Six assists, four rebounds. His shots just didn't fall. And he also probably should have had 10 assists in this game. But uh, guys were missing off of his passing. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein had uh, one monster dunk in this game and also had a, a really nice dime um, where I'm trying to – I think it was, it, was, it was Brunson drawing two 
and then using iHeart as an outlet in the middle of the floor. And iHeart immediately just pivoted and whipped a swing pass over to Obi Toppin. And I saw this was something that uh, Ariel Pacheco was just on this pod and press who's about to be on this pod we're discussing on Twitter. But that second unit for the Knicks uh, without Cam in there really has to figure out how to generate offense. And uh, uh, something they can do is, is continuing to leverage uh, Hardenstein's passing ability because that's what makes him special. And uh, that's what you would hope um, would grease the wheels a little bit because at times that group is really stagnant because outside of Emmanuel quickly, they don't really have any kind of creation. Um, so we'll wrap up with quickly 25 minutes, two for eight from the field, one for two from three, three for three from the line, eight points, three assists, three rebounds. Uh, I, I just like that he was willing to fire from distance. Uh, more of that uh, from Emmanuel and uh, he's going to be just fine long-term, I think, even even if the shot is still not falling at the rate you want it to fall at. So that is it for this edition of the Lockdown Knicks podcast. Again, we will be back tomorrow uh, with Prez, uh, and then we will have a guest on for um, the Hornets recap on Friday. Um, we also have a part two of a, a mailbag with Ariel. Um, still, still TBD, but I think I will probably push that to next Tuesday. But that's a really fun conversation about uh, some of the Knicks' best lineups and what they could do to get to those lineups and how they could really empower Julius Randle defensively. So I'm excited for you guys to hear that one. Um, all that and more in the near future on Lockdown Knicks.